Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning, everyone. So glad you could join us. As you know, we're in the midst of a series on success. So I want to start off today with a pop quiz. How many of you are familiar with that old game called Name That Tune? Well, I have a a new thought version of it for you. I'm going to do a reading, and I'm wondering if you can guess who wrote this. This particular author says, When we form a plan for any business, any invention, any undertaking, we are making something of that unseen element, our thoughts, as real. Though unseen as any machine of iron or wood. That plan or thought begins, as soon as made, to draw to itself the power to carry itself out, the power to materialize itself in physical or visible substance. When we dread a misfortune or live in fear, we also make a construction of unseen element, thought again, which, by the same law of attraction, draws to it destructive and damaging forces. Thus, the law for success is also the law for misfortune, according to how it is used. Of whatever possible thing we think, we are building in unseen substance a construction which will draw to us forces or elements necessary to either aid us or hurt us, according to the character of the thoughts we think or put out. Well, okay, I, I have to admit, this might have been a trick question, right? Now, I know some of you were saying Ernest Holmes, and it does sound like Ernest Holmes, doesn't it? And yet, this was written in 1889 by the New Thought Master, Prentice Mulford. Now, some of you are saying, would you say that name again? It's Prentice Mulford. Believe it or not, around the turn of the last century, he was one of the well-thought-of orators and speakers and writers of the day on New Thought. He actually coined the term, the law of attraction. And so many of us, of course, are familiar with that coming through more, more modern writers. But, uh, uh, but this is even from a book written in 1889 called Thoughts or Things, something else you probably attributed to Ernest Holmes, but actually finds, a, finds its beginning back with Prentice Mulford. Well, I picked Mulford because he is the founder of this idea of the law of attraction. And in our study of the ideas and principles that go around really bringing success into our lives, the, the spiritual principles of success, we would have to cover the law of attraction. And Mulford, of course, the inventor or the codifier anyway of, of that idea. So how would I summarize the law of attraction? It's very simple. I attract to me what I believe about myself. And so let me say that one again. I attract to me what I believe about myself. And so here's how it works. Your thoughts and beliefs about yourself and about the world will attract other people and situations that reflect those thoughts. Your beliefs about yourselves and the world attract their own counterparts. And so what you accept in your mind as the truth of who and what you are will be fulfilled. 
Now, of course, this has a, a positive and a negative aspect. If we think poorly of ourselves, if we think poorly of our situation, if we tend to think that our lives are, are filled with misery or poverty, unfortunately, we will attract more situations and more people that will tend to confirm that, will, will tend to promote that and have us locked in that framework of negativity. And if we accept for ourselves as we view ourselves as, as happy and prosperous, uh, full of love and life, well, then we'll attract to us more people and situations that will, uh, that will tend to support that conclusion and will tend to buoy us up over time. You know, this law has also been stated as birds of a feather flock together. Have you ever heard that one? Have you, have you noticed that there do tend to be social circles of people that are very much alike, have many of the same characteristics, whether it be positive or negative? Well, well, that's a corollary of this law. We literally are attracting people into us like us. Now, it doesn't mean they look like us. It doesn't mean they necessarily act like us, uh, but it does mean that they have similar values to us. It means that they tend to view themselves and their world in the same way that we view ourselves and our world. It's that law of attraction, and uh, and it does tend to promote that idea of birds of a feather flocking together. This too also has its positive and negative issues. Uh, on the positive side, isn't it nice to be around like-minded people? Isn't it nice to be around people that can finish our sentences or, or that tend to be in agreement with us? Isn't it lovely just to be relaxed around people that share the same values that you do? But I suppose some of you are already catching on to one of the negative aspects of it, and that is it tends to not promote a lot of variety. We tend to be blindsided by perspectives that are quite a bit different than our own. We tend to not be aware of what many other people are thinking or believe or think about themselves because we've attracted in people like us rather than people who are not like us. So the downside can be a narrow focus, another narrow view of what the world is like. So as with all spiritual laws, we can use them, of course, more proactively to get a wider view of what the world is. Well, if we're going to talk more about the law of attraction, I did manage to find perhaps the world's longest joke around the law of attraction. So uh, so bear with me. I, I think it's a cute one. Uh, I'm sure you'll post in the comments whether you like it or not. So two women were sitting next to each other in a bar. They're talking about a variety of things, and the conversation strays to some lectures by Oprah Winfrey. They had heard about it on Oprah around the law of attraction, and it's what they thought maybe brought them there that day, and so they tried it to see how much they had in common. So one looks at the other and says, I can't help but think from listening to you, are you a native Oregonian? The other woman replies uh, proudly, well, yes, I am. Are you? The first one says, sure am. And where in Oregon are you from? Where were you born? The other woman answers, I was born in Corvallis. The first one responds, no way. So am I. It must be the law of attraction that's brought us together today. And what port of Corvallis were you born in? The other woman says, oh, a lovely little area on the west side near Oregon State University. I lived on Warbury Street. 
The first one is dumbfounded. Oh my God, it is the law of attraction. So did I. I swear I was born on Warbury Street. What school did you go to? Well, I went to St. Mary's for grade school. The first woman really gets excited. No way. So did I. This is simply incredible. Well, meanwhile, while all this is going on, a fellow walks into the bar and sits down at the end, orders a beer. The bartender walks over to the new guy, shaking his head and mutters, It's going to be a long night tonight. Why do you say that? asks the gentleman. The bartender answers, The Adam twins are drunk again. Well, I told you it was a long one. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, so what about the law of attraction? We talked a little bit about the good news and the bad news aspects of it. But another part of the good news is that we can use it to our advantage. And uh, I'm here to tell you, this is one of the easier of the spiritual laws to invoke. Because if you think about it, all we're attempting to do is making ourselves more attractive. And now, wait a minute, I'm not talking about a facelift or a new hairstyle. This level of attractiveness is attractive to, to what we wish to receive in the world. And as the simplest example, you might want to say, well, if I want more love in my life, then I would ask, what would make you more attractive to love in your life? Gets you to thinking for a minute, isn't it? Is it the way that you would present yourself to others? Is it you pouring out love? Is it you being a a more welcoming person or or a more lively person? What would attract more love to you? Do you see how it works? We have to work on our own attractiveness, our own attractability. Because if like attracts like, if it's birds of a feather flocking together, then I want to be in the flock that's filled with love. I want to be in the flock that's filled with abundance. I want to be flocking with other people that are providing joy and peace and love in the world. And so how do I make myself more attractive to that? Now, last week and the week before, we, we worked on some areas of our life that we thought could use some fine-tuning. Some of us picked areas of wanting to increase abundance in our lives. Some of us picked areas of wanting to increase uh, uh, more love and connection in our lives. Some of us wanted to bolster our careers. Some of us wanted to gain greater wisdom to apply into school or into uh, entrepreneurship. Regardless of what it is that maybe you're wanting to work on, have you thought of it in terms of being attractive to that desire? Another way of looking at it is, who would I be or what would I be coming if I was the person that had that experience, right? If we're going to attract into our lives things that are only like us, then I'm the person that has to change. And you'll discover about the law of attraction. It's one of those what we call inside-out spiritual principles because we have to work on the inside first. We can't seek necessarily what we want to achieve on the outside because we haven't changed us yet. If we had already changed us, we'd already be attracting in what we desired and what we want to see in the world. So, So the work is an inward work. How do I have to change 
to be more lovable? How do I have to change inwardly in my thinking, in my beliefs, in my internal working through things? How do, how do I begin thinking of myself as more lovable or more abundant, more successful or whatever it is that I want to change? Well, you probably noticed Prentice Mulford talks about the idea of affirmations as a way to solidify a change that we wish to have in our own mental capacities. And, and in fact, for some of you who want to follow through with this, I posted a link on our website around building good affirmations, how we can actually use the power of this tool called affirmations to bring more of what we want into our life, to become more attractive, if you will. But of course, the process is an easy one. It's just visualizing yourself and speaking a short sentence of affirmation around how you would like to be. Notice the focus is on you. It's you that we're wanting to change. So there typically would be I am statements. I am loved and lovable. I am prosperous. I am the person everyone wants to be around. I am attractive to myself and to the world. I am capable and lovable. I'm a great employee. Do you see how it works? Now, at first, it may seem, how do I want to say, it may seem a little bit like you're fibbing to yourself. What if you don't actually believe that you're a good employee? What if you don't actually believe that you're as lovable or approachable as you'd like to be? I get that. And my suggestion would be just to persist. Sometimes it takes a while for affirmations before we even believe them. And of course, that's the key. We have to believe them. We have to move in the direction of actually becoming a little bit different of a person. If we want to attract things that are different than what we're attracting right now, then we have to become a little more different than what we are right now. We have to become attractive to that which we are seeking. So if we're seeking love, we begin visualizing ourselves as more loving and more lovable. We create affirmations to remind ourselves that we are loving and lovable. If we wish to attract more abundance in our lives, we begin viewing ourselves as abundant. We might have affirmations that claim I'm abundant, that there's always plenty of money flowing my way. We begin seeing ourselves as doing some of the things and, and uh, meeting some of the people that do have more abundance than we have in the world. And of course, abundance isn't just money. It is the lavishness of the beauty of the outdoors. It is the, the wonder of our own sweet homes and the, the people that we draw to us. And so don't think that abundance has to be just about money either. It can be the true abundance of life, the, the true variety and joy of being that comes with a life well lived. And so I encourage you all as a means of spiritual practice to develop some affirmations that will guide you towards becoming someone just a little bit different, just a little more lovable, just a little more prosperous, just a little more successful just a little wiser, just someone who makes a little better decisions. Begin moving your mind in the direction of newness, and then you will see you'll begin attracting that newness back into your life.
So affirmations are a positive statement that create new thoughts and new beliefs about yourself. So you're not outwardly focused on trying to change the world. The law of attraction simply says we need to change our own self to be attracting what we wish. So here are some other positive statements you might make. I'm worthy of the grand life. I'm great at making decisions and a powerful business leader. Whatever movement you'd like to see outwardly, first imagine that movement inwardly. What can you do? What can you become to be more attractive in the areas that you like? So a little bit of a summary here. Today we talked about the law of attraction. Simply put, we attract to ourselves exactly what we think of ourselves and the world. And if you look around you, you'll see it at work. You don't have to look any further than the people and the situations that you find yourselves in to know what you think of yourself. And if you want to change that, if you want to proactively use the law of attraction, then it's you that you must change first. It's you that will be attracting whatever it is into your life that you believe about yourself. If you believe that you are abundant, lovable, joyous, peaceful, those are the kinds of people and situations that you will attract. And if you're not attracting them, it's really a basic of subtracting a little bit of what we don't want and adding in what we do want. Just altering our thoughts, altering our beliefs. And an excellent way to do that, of course, is the power of using affirmations. We learned that the law of attraction has its positive and negative aspects. It tends to discourage change from the outside. Let's get back to our example of birds of a feather flocking together. It's, it's an insulating effect. When you're surrounded by people who believe what you do, roughly, and have common goals and values like you do, roughly, you tend to exclude the outliers. You tend to insulate yourself against other opinions and beliefs. Watch for that, right? That can be a lovely thing in terms of relaxing, but it also can be a dangerous thing in that you might be missing out on other important opinions and ideas and possibilities. So it tends to discourage change from the outside, but the good thing about the law of attraction, of course, it motivates you to make intentional changes on the inside. That's where you can use this law of uh, spirituality in a very effective way, a very proactive way, to begin tinkering with your own thoughts, your own beliefs, and your own self-perceptions. Again, the idea here is you'll attract to you what you believe about yourself. So if you begin believing that you're more peaceful, you will see more peace. If you begin believing about yourself how lovable you are, how loving you are, how wonderful your relationships you are. If you begin with that train of thought, surely more love will find its way to you. It will have to be like a magnet. It will be attracted to those thoughts. So the situations of good relationships, the people that would, uh, that would be well harmonized with you, when you put out that love, when you see yourself as loving and lovable, that is what will come your way. 
just like a magnet. Almost effortlessly, you will draw to yourself the people and experiences similar to that. Finally, we learned that we can use affirmations very practically as a spiritual tool for changing what we think about ourselves in the world. Affirmations, of course, they're better when they're rather short, easy to remember. I am statements are, uh, are super powerful because you're actually right at the heart of the issue here. You're changing what you think about yourself personally, therefore changing what the world will think about you. And so I am statements, uh, a wonderful technique for bringing things in. In a foundations class not too long ago, uh, I had a group of students and we were learning about affirmations and, and one of the women was looking at the assignments for the week and it said, oh my gosh, Reverend Larry, it says I'm supposed to repeat these affirmations like a hundred times a day. It can't be right. You're not actually meaning that we should write down an affirmation and then repeat it to ourselves a hundred times a day. And I just, of course, smiled, Right. Because that's exactly what the assignment was supposed to be. It may take us some effort to really change our thinking about ourselves. If we go through our day saying one thing negatively about ourselves, and then we try to cover it up with with one affirmation, I got to tell you, our negative self-talk is going to prevail because that's what's running through our head more often. So if you really do want to encourage yourself to have a different self-image, a different picture of yourself, to attract in different things, yeah, try doing your affirmation a hundred times a day. Now, how you might break that up, and I'll tell you a few secrets around that. First of all, I think it's better if you break it up into pieces. Maybe you want to wake up in the morning and repeat your affirmation 25 times. It'll go really fast. And then maybe on a break, repeated another 25 times in the midday and then another 25 times before you go to bed. But I'll tell you, I've come up with even an easier way. When I have a new affirmation, I write it on little yellow sticky notes and plaster it all over the house. In, in fact, my partner Daniel sometimes laughs. He says, oh, I see you're working on something because <laughs> the house is covered in yellow sticky notes. But that way, throughout the entire day, whenever I see one of the yellow sticky notes, I'll repeat the affirmation to myself, reminding myself exactly how darn lovable I am or how exquisitely powerful I am or what a good business person I am or whatever it is that I'm working on. You can take on big issues or small issues. Just remember that the focus is on making you attractive. It's The focus is on changing how you view yourself to be more powerful, more loving, more joyous, more peaceful, more beautiful, more abundant, more healthy. However you'd like to view yourself, that is where we make the inward progress first. Well, you can imagine what your homework is, so stand back. Uh, what would you like to change about yourself? What would make a better life for you right now? And then write and use at least one affirmation that would help you to make that inward change in yourself, making yourself more attractive to the world. So find an area in your life where you'd like to make some progress and then write and use an affirmation that would help make that inward change in your own belief about yourself.
Now, am I going to uh, test you next week to make sure everyone's been doing it a hundred times a day? Of course not. But I will suggest that the more frequently you use your affirmation, the easier it will be to begin viewing yourself a little different. All right, well, I have a, a final reading and a prayer here. The reading again is from Prentice Mulford, his book called Thoughts or Things from 1889. He says, whatever the mind is set upon or whatever keeps it most in view, that is bringing to it. And the continual thought or imagining must at last and will take form and shape in the world of seen and tangible things. I repeat this assertion often in these books and in a variety of forms of expression because this fact is the cornerstone of your happiness or your misery, either permanent health and prosperity or poverty. It needs to be kept as much as possible in mind. Our thought is the magnet ever attracting its correspondence in the things we see and touch. As we realize this more and more clearly, we shall become more and more careful to keep our minds set in the right direction. We shall be more and more careful to think happiness and to think success instead of misery or failure. It is very wonderful that the happiness of our lives should be based on what seems so simple a law, the law of attraction. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one love, one joy, one peace. There's only, only this one thing that, that encompasses everything. There is only spirit or God. And, and what I know about it is that it is enjoying itself. It would, it would have for us the, the riches of the universe, riches in love, riches in uh, joy, uh, riches in abundance, uh, riches in success, that spirit would love to enjoy through us the best lives possible. And so because of this, Spirit has allowed us this, this law of attraction, this power of our thinking to bring success, to bring joy, to attract in that which we would like to experience. And it's based on our thoughts, our beliefs, and our ideas about ourselves. And so for today, I, I claim for myself that ability to think well of myself, to appreciate my life, to begin internalizing the, the joy and the peace that, that is due me, to have for myself and for my family and the, the love around me, that inward knowledge that I am enough, that I am loved and loving, that I am successful and joyous. And as it is true for me, I know without question it is true for everyone. Each person has the power to bring more love and more life, more joy and more peace, to become more attractive to the things we, we wish to attract in through the power of our thinking. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I understand this law of attraction is in full force, working in my life and working in everyone's life right now. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. So now is our time of conscious giving. 
I invite you to take out your gift or your tithe. Uh, I invite you to prepare a check maybe to mail in or to, to use our website at cslportland.org to make a donation. And repeat with me, if, if you would, graciously I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I greatly receive. Well, thank you for being here today. It's our pleasure to do our online version of the Center for Spiritual Living's uh, Sunday podcast. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.